uh, as I said, we're, we're going to be carrying on in our Exodus series. And um, this is a strange, we're in a strange section of the, the story. It's, we're, we're going to do chapter five and six today. Uh, so that's a lot of ground to cover. And so what that means is this is kind of like the match of the day uh, version of Exodus. Um, so we're going to be looking at um, chapters five and six, and we're going to kind of go over the highlights of those two chapters. Um, so we get a broad outline of where the story is. And, um, <clears throat> and then we're going to have a look at one or two matchups that take place. Uh, and we're sort of one of those is a kind of a preview of, of next week. But we're going to look at a few um, a few different matchups that occur. So there's going to be a few games that we're going to we're going to look at. I don't know if you can tell, but uh, I said to someone this week that I wasn't miss, missing football that much, but maybe I'm missing it a bit more than I than I thought I was because it seems to have seeped its way into into my thinking. But the, the matchups that we're going to look at are Pharaoh versus Yahweh, doubt versus faith, and Moses versus Jesus. So they're going to be the the matches that we're going to look at. Um, but we've got a lot of ground to cover uh, with chapters five and six. We've previously done uh, sort of a, just a few verses, maybe or half a chapter each week. But this week we're going to cover two pretty much whole chapters, um, which I'm sure that they'll be referred back to. But hopefully we'll we'll cover that, and I'll give you the broad outline of what the the story looks like. So if you've got a Bible, you can turn to Exodus chapter five. Uh, we'll start there and I'm going to read out sort of just a few highlights from each chapter which will hopefully give us the story so um, next week we're going to be looking at uh, begin looking at the, the plagues of Egypt so this is just before that this is um, say chapter five beginning it says this so this is after uh, the, the previous um, incident with Moses and his wife and the and the sort of him heading back to Egypt. He's arrived now in Egypt with, uh, with his brother Aaron and they've gone to Pharaoh and they say this, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, let my people go that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord? And if we remember when we see Lord in capital letters, it's, it's this name of God, Yahweh. Who is Yahweh that I should obey his voice and let Israel go? I do not know Yahweh, and moreover, I will not let Israel go. So this is Pharaoh saying to Moses and Aaron as they come and say, "Look, we, can we go and worship God as a people? Initially, they're saying we want to go and then we'll come back. But he, Pharaoh is still saying, no, I, I don't know who this God is. I'm not, why would I let you go? And then he, Pharaoh gets annoyed and he says, on the same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters of the people and their foremen, you shall no longer give the people straw to make bricks as in the past. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. So this is the first encounter of Moses and Aaron with Pharaoh. And it, it doesn't go well. It doesn't go well. The, the, the initial request is not just refused, but it actually provokes a harsher treatment of the people. And uh, this doesn't, doesn't go down well with the people of God. Again, the, the Israelites, they don't react well to this. So it says that they, the foremen of Israel, uh, meet with Moses and Aaron and they were just worshipping God together alongside Moses and Aaron. They were so thankful that they'd come. We finished the last uh, chapter with them worshipping God together because they were so delighted that, that their deliverance had come. And actually they turn away from Moses and they begin to, to sort of despise him and Aaron. 
and doubt what God has, has said. So they say this, uh, as they come out from meeting with Pharaoh, who's just told them that they're going to have to um, make make these bricks, the work that they've got to do, but they're not going to be given the resources to do it. They've got to go and collect the straw for themselves. They say this, uh, the Lord look on you and judge because you have made us stink in the sight of Pharaoh and his servants and have put a sword in their hand to kill us. So they, they in their view, it's, it, they wish Moses and Aaron had never even turned up because they've caused a problem. They've made things worse for them. This it's the amount of work that they're having to do now. It's like your daily quota of bricks. You've still got to meet it, but you've got to collect your own resources to make those bricks as well. It's, it's backbreaking labor. It's horrific. Uh, labor to, to have to try and do and this causes Moses in turn to turn to God and say you know why have you done this evil to this people why did you ever send me since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name he has done this evil to the people and you've not not delivered your people at all now if we think back to a, a few weeks ago when we when so Alex uh, Marion and myself were looking at that encounter with uh, Moses and God we said Moses is a little bit annoying like he to some extent he he keeps questioning God saying oh you know God I can't do it I'm I'm not eloquent to speak I'm not I'm not the right guy and God is very gracious to him he says you know I'll send Aaron with you I'm going to do this I promise you actually I'm going to reveal to you my name which I've not revealed to, to Abraham Isaac or Jacob I'm I'm revealing something new to you and I'm promising by my own name that I'm going to bring deliverance and yet even still Moses is because of the the reaction of the people he's drawn away from the promises of God and says you know what why did you even send me God what you know you, you haven't delivered your people at all there's this doubt that brings in and I think there's a there's a big point being made here which is that <clears throat> it should be encouraging to us Moses is writing this he's not hiding the fact that he the people of God are at times fickle, they're unfaithful, frankly, they're, they're pretty useless. And, and Moses himself is like that. He's not, he doesn't give himself a pass. He doesn't, in writing this, he doesn't say, you know, the people of God, they turned away and they were, they were sort of, they doubted God, but I knew, I knew what was going to happen. And remember, he's writing after the fact. But he also encourages me, Moses' authenticity. He, he doesn't give himself a free pass. He said, I doubted. I, I questioned God. I said, why, why did you even ever send me? And you, you haven't done anything at all. What's going on? This was meant to be the moment of deliverance. And that's, I think that can be helpful for us. The people of God aren't perfect. We aren't perfect. And so they're just regular people caught up in God's story. And they have moments where they, they, they're fickle and they turn away. And that's a, to be honest, that's a theme throughout Exodus that the people of God are, are fickle and that and we would be um we can easily look back on them and think oh they they were so bad they were useless they didn't trust god was actually we need to be humble as well and recognize you know i see some of myself in this i see god i thought you were going to do this thing and and now it's, it's not quite happened so that's the sort of the the summary of chapter five i suppose that moses and aaron go to pharaoh they ask to go and worship God in the wilderness. Their request is refused and Pharaoh in, inflicts a harsh punishment on the people of God. And then the people of God turn away from the promise of God. They turn away from what's been promised to them, what's the deliverance that's been uh, foretold 
that, that they were going to be brought up out of Egypt. And actually, they begin to be afraid. Their anxieties and their fears take their attention away from God. Uh, so how does God respond to that? It's encouraging for us that they're regular people, but we serve an extraordinary God. And so God's response to the people's fickleness is to, to reaffirm his promises. And he does this in the start of chapter 6. Uh, and then sort of a few verses later, it says, it says, The Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand, he will send them out. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of his land. God's going to work in such a way that Pharaoh himself pushes the people out of the land. I mean, that, there's encouraging words. If you're in a moment of doubt or anxiety to have God say to you, now you'll see what I will do. That's that's like an exciting moment to be in. So on the back of this, he says to, to tell Moses. He says to Moses, tell the people of Israel. I am the Lord. I am Yahweh. I am the I am. And I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will deliver you from slavery to them and I'll redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord, your God. Who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I've just been told it's snowing, apparently. <laughs> Not sure what that's got to do with what's going on. But um, interesting. The Lord is going to bring them out. He's going to work with an outstretched arm and great acts of judgment. That's what's going to bring them freedom is this. This God is acting and there's going to be an act of judgment that brings them freedom. And if we're if you're a, if you're a follower of Jesus, you might be looking ahead towards Egypt and think God acts. God is God is involved, acting, and there's a there's a moment of judgment that brings freedom to His people. That that's, that rings true for us as followers of Jesus in the in the story at Easter. <clears throat> God reminds them again of His promises to deliver them, and He's saying that the time has now come for it to happen. That in the moment where they're all their 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 confidence in God is wavering, He's saying now is the time that it's going to happen. This is the moment to have confidence. And I think that's true in our lives. Sometimes when we have that sort of moment of, is this going to work out? Is it or not? If we just, if we hold on for that last moment when we think we're just going to give up, actually that's when God breaks in and does something. And I think that's a, there's a moment for us to be reminded of who God is, that he is the I am that I am. And when we look at the world today, where he says that I'm going to work in such a way that Pharaoh is going to drive these people out. We can look at the circumstances of the world and say, actually, what on earth is God doing? Whereas actually we need to look at the circumstances of the world and say, what, what is God doing? What, like, ask that question. What, how is God working in this? Where can I see the hand of God moving? Um, I mean, you look at the world today and people can very easily be anxious and, and in despair. But actually, this is a moment where... Lots of people are asking big questions. What is what is the meaning of my life? I've built my life on these these things: finance, health, uh, security. This sort of, I can do it all by myself. I'm an individual, and actually, all of these things are being shaken financially. The, the, the who knows what the world is going to be like in a couple of weeks, in a, in a few months. That health-wise, people we're the healthiest generation that's ever lived, and yet people are, are fearful for their health. And this idea of I can do it on my own. I'm an individual. I don't need anyone more than ever. We can see actually we're reliant on other people. It's not good 
for man to be alone, for, for human beings to be on their own. We need community to, to work alongside us and serve us. So Moses says those things to the people of God, but they did not listen to Moses. It says in chapter six, verses nine to 13, because of their broken spirit and the harsh slavery. So the Lord said to Moses, go in, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the people of Israel go out of his land. But Moses said to the Lord, behold, the people of Israel have not listened to me. How then shall Pharaoh listen to me? For I am of, un of uncircumcised lips. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a charge about the people of Israel and about Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And so we see here, again, Moses is, it, it, Moses is refusing again to, to be engaged in what God has asked him to do. And for us, even when we turn away, God still call, he's calling us back into his plans. We called this, this series, God Calls, because it's, in Exodus there's this repeated theme of, amongst other things, God calling his people. He, he calls them out of Egypt. He's calling Moses into his plans and to serve him. And so there are these three matchups that take place. So we've got chapter five where there's the first interaction. The harsh slavery uh, is put on the people and they sort of begin to doubt. And then there's this in chapter six, we skipped over. but There's this genealogy where Moses and Aaron's sort of family line is mapped out. And it's kind of like, you know, we're just ordinary people. God, how can we be involved in this? But actually, God calls them back into his plans. God calls them back into his plans, even when there's this moment of doubt. And so today's matchups, as I said, just we're going to look at very quickly are um, Pharaoh versus Yahweh, doubt versus faith and Moses versus Jesus. And uh, in this sort of Pharaoh versus Yahweh matchup, it's kind of a preview, really, of, of what's coming uh, with uh, when we begin to look at the plagues and how God works there. But there's this question in chapter five, verse two. Who, who is the Lord? Who is Yah? Who is this Yahweh that I should obey what he says or do what he says? And I just think for us, there's a challenge. Who is God to you? Like, How well do you know God? What is the what is the level of knowledge that you have of him? And where does he sit in your life? Is he who's who's the Pharaoh in your life? Is it you? Are you sitting on that throne or is it? This is a, 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 an Egyptian throne. I think this is a, allegedly uh, Tutankhamun's throne. Um, but who, is the, who sits on the throne of your life? When, when God speaks, do you go, okay, well, I'm going to obey? Or do you think, well, do I really want to obey that? Do I really want to follow that, that what God's saying? Who, who is God, really? Do, do you have that moment of confliction or, or con contesting who is on the throne? Uh, how well do you know God? Are you are you like Pharaoh, where you say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna make my own decision"? And as I said earlier, that the the thrones that people have built their life on at the moment, they're all being shaken and brought low. The the kingdoms of this world, the things that people think I can I can build my life on this, I can build my life on my health. Actually, it can be taken away. And so there's a moment where actually we need to grow our knowledge of God. We need to grow in our understanding of God and say, "I know." who is in charge of my life, and I know what my life is built on. And as I said, I don't know if you have access to social media or in the emails, that the video that I shared this week, this is a moment where you can create a new routine for yourself. You can, your routine has likely been changed, and you can put some good habits in, into, into place for yourself. And so I'd encourage you again, put in spending time in the Bible, in the Word of God, letting that 
influence you and change your life and spend time praying over what you've read and seeking God and seeking to glorify God. I'm not sure if you can hear some giggling in the background. Um, it's good to be family together, isn't it? There's a second matchup, which is doubt versus faith. And the people of God and Moses, even himself, they turn away from God. And I, I was just wondering what causes you to turn away from God? Maybe you've got, you know, I know I'm following Jesus. I know he's, he's the, the Lord of my life. But actually, there are moments when I doubt what's been said or I, I, I begin to question things. And this isn't necessarily bad, but it's helpful for us to recognize what are those things that cause that? It might, it might be impatience. The people of God were, they were, we want to be free. We want to be delivered from slavery, but it was on God's timing, not their own. It, maybe it's intimidation from others. They were, they were sort of being harshly treated. They had a, a lack of control of their circumstances. And so they turned away from God and they were like, oh, we wish you'd never even come. We wish we'd never heard of it, heard of you. And I look back on my own life and I recognize that actually for me often this is when I'm disappointed about something, I can I can notice that actually that's a moment for me to go, oh, I'm disappointed with that. And that means I'm, I, I begin to question everything. And that's really there's a there's a, a root of that, which I, I you know, I hopefully I'm dealing with in my life of, of pride. I deserve I think I deserve to have a better circumstance. So I when I get disappointed, I think, oh, I, I recognize that in myself now and I think God you need to help me you need to help me not just do different things but to be a different kind of person to be uh, someone who responds differently and that's the message of Christianity that, that this is a moment here where hope was lost for me this is the the Champions League final Manchester United versus Bayern Munich 1999 and uh, it was the last three minutes and it was one nil to, to Bayern Munich and my brother Adam, who was watching me watch the game, said, "To be honest, I'm, the end result, if you don't know, is the man you win two one." But there was this moment I'd lost all hope, and he looked at me and he said, "I'm so glad that they won because it looked like you were about to slip into a coma. That's how sort of bad your your level of hope was, your low it was." But the message of Christianity is that there is hope, and that we're new creations. Two Corinthians five seventeen says, "If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone; the new has come." Ezekiel 36 uh, says this, I will give you a new heart and an, I will put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a, uh, and give you a heart of flesh. So that we'll get a new spirit, a new heart, heart of flesh, not of stone. One that is soft and responds to God, not one that's hard and uh, resistant to God. And how does this happen? Well, it happens because of Jesus. And this is our final matchup. Moses versus Jesus. When everyone deserts him, Moses turns away from God and he wants to give up. And the difference between Moses and Jesus is that when everyone deserts him and lets him down, Jesus follows through. When Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prays and he says, not my will, but yours be done to God. In Matthew 26, there's a few verses. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he says, you will all fall away. You're all going to abandon me. And then what, what happens is when Jesus is arrested, even, even Peter, his sort of most faithful one, denies him. Uh, <clears throat> but when Jesus is arrested, all the disciples flee. They run away from everyone. He's, all, he's left alone. And, and Peter is sort of following at a distance, it says. 
in Matthew uh, 26, verse 56, it says that all the disciples left him and fled. When Jesus was left alone, he didn't falter. Though everyone abandoned him, he followed through on the mission of God. He said, not my will, but yours be done to the Father. And he, he trusted in the plan that God had. He, he followed through on the mission that God had given him. And so Moses versus Jesus, we can look at these Old Testament characters and think, man, what a great guy Moses was. Actually, he had moments where he turned away. He, he gave up. But actually, Jesus isn't like that. Jesus doesn't give up. He followed through. And as we'll see in a few weeks, when we look at the Easter story, how that relates to the to Exodus, Jesus followed through and um, didn't uh, fail in that moment. But he, he followed through and won salvation for us at the cross, that he, he was willing to go alone and die on the cross, that he experienced a moment of complete uh, forsaking by the Father, that he was utterly and completely alone for us so that we might never have to experience that so those are the three matchups that I, I just wanted to give us some highlights from uh pharaoh versus yahweh which we'll see probably more fully in the coming weeks doubt versus faith and moses versus jesus and off the back of those things i want to we're going to try a feature uh, hopefully andy's uh, i'm not sure if he's managed to get it to work he's given me the thumbs up so he has we're going to try going into some uh, breaking out into smaller groups and praying together. Uh, so you'll be put into a group of probably four or five uh, different feeds. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pray into a few things. We're going to pray into uh, if you would like to have a greater knowledge of God, whether that's you, you know lots, but you, it, it hasn't made its way down into your heart. And so you don't enjoy that relationship with God or uh, whether you you feel like actually I'd like to know more so that I can love him more I love God lots but I don't really know much one of those two aspects whether it's faith to overcome doubts or fear or anxiety we can pray uh, ask people to pray for you for that and then this other thing as we were as I was reading and preparing this uh, sort of short thing that the people of Israel were asked to make bricks without straw suddenly they were having to work harder and I think now is a time where some people are suddenly you're having to work harder at work, even though you're not at work. Um, or maybe the fact that you're more intensely together as a family, suddenly you're having to work harder at home life or you're, you're suddenly you're on your own. And so you're having to work harder at keeping yourself happy at home. And so I just wanted to put those three things on the screen. If you've got a pen or a paper, you could write down those things. Well, I don't know. I don't think they can necessarily be up. I'll post them into the, the chat window as well so hopefully you'll be able to see that but um pray into those three things the knowledge of god a desire to to know him more faith to overcome doubts fear and anxiety particularly in the current circumstances and having to suddenly work harder at something do you need to know god's grace and favor in those things